دایی یه فرصت خوب حالا پشت مدافع خدا داد عزیزی توی دروازه گل گل برای ایران خدا داد عزیزی Welcome back to Gobuzan Podcast. My name is Arya Laverdi. I'm joined by Babak Goriz, Pejwan Pars, and back after a long absence, uh, Sina Saimion. Sina, how are you doing? Very well, thank you, Arya. It's great to be back. As you said, it's been, it's been way too long. Good to have you back, Pejman. I'm super excited that Sina is back again. Fantastic. And Babak, good to have you back on again. I'm always happy to be joined by the original boy band. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay, so in today's episode, we'll be analysing the 27-man squad called up by Dragan Skocic. We'll then uh, preview the Iran versus Lebanon match to be played on Thursday uh, at 12pm UK time. Uh, I believe it's 2pm Lebanon time uh, at Saida Football Stadium in the city of Sidon in Lebanon. Uh, we will then have a short segment with Ali Zenedin from Lebanon Football Guide, who will speak about the Lebanese camp ahead of the match uh, on Thursday. But to start with, we're going to speak about the squad, 27 players called up. Uh, goalkeepers, Ali Zabir Avant, Amir Abazadeh and Payam Niazman. Centre-backs, Majid Hosseini, Trujah Khalilzadeh, Hussein Kanani and Siyah Vashazdani. Full-backs, Sadiq Muharami, Mirad Muhammadi, Umidun Afkan and Saleh Ardani. Midfielders, Saez Atullahi, Ezan Haisafi, Ahmad Nurullahi and Baid Amiri and Milad Salak. Midfielders and wingers, Ayaz Jambak, Salman Qudus, Ali Ghulizadeh, Mehdi Qaidi, Mehdi Torabi, Yasin Sanwani and Surush Rafi back in after a long, long absence from the squad. And last but not least, the forwards, Sadar Ozmoun, Karim Ansari Fard, Kaveh Razai and Alayar Sayad Manish. So, on top of that, poor Ali Ganji, Ali Karimi and Arif Bolami are injured. Big news is Mehdi Tarimi is out of the squad. So to start with, guys, let's speak about that. Uh, Mehdi Tarimi obviously wasn't called up. I'll quickly go through the timeline of the of what's happened, of the events that's taken place because of the omission from Tarimi uh, in the national team. On October 15th, uh, Skocic did an interview with um, Croatian publication Vecernia. Um, his quote I have here uh, regarding what he said, uh, he was asked by uh, the publication regarding the difference between Iranian and Croatian player league players. So the quote uh, that Skocic uh, had for this interview was, Iranian footballers are individually and, te- and technically savvy, physically resilient, truly an invaluable level. What they lack and where I see a lot of improvement is tactical ability. They're not that good at it yet, but when I look at the long term, it's something that can be learned and that will raise Iranian football ladder even further. Europeans have already have always been tactically tidy, and as Iran has more and more players in European clubs, that is slowly starting to change. And then Tarami put out a tweet on the 20th of October 
stating that, in his opinion, Iranian players are good tactically. However, the problems are elsewhere, in his, in his view. Some days later, Skocic mentioned that the interview was taken out of context. Sadar Osman says he has spoken to Skocic and Tarami and Skocic will speak out before the Lebanon match. Then Tarami did not answer any calls from Skocic and Karim Bagheri, allegedly. Last night on Iranian TV uh, show Football Bartar, it was said that Tarami did not believe the situation needed to be discussed anymore. And they thought that, you know, he thought that maybe it would it blown over and it's not that important anymore. And they would speak about it during camp. Scottish and Bagheri were not happy that he didn't answer his phone. Um, and as a result, they made, a, they made a choice not to call him up for the, for the list. Uh, and then finally, Bagheri has mentioned on Iranian media, uh, Navad, that they will sort out the issues after the camp and Tarmin will be back for the next round of matches. So, Sina, start with you. Give us your, your thoughts on this overall. As you said, there's been a lot discussed over over this matter. Um, I think it's, it's one of those that everyone has their own perspective and has their own opinion on, on what has happened and, and how it's been handled. Um, but I don't think there is one party that's just completely at fault here. I think uh, from the beginning, look, let's be honest, the, the comments and, and whether they are translated correctly or not, what Scottish has said is, is correct. You know, Iranian players tactically are not on the same level as, as you know, if you want to compare it to European players. Technically, we are, and we have always been great. It's just that the, the tactical knowledge allows the players to, to be able to use those tools that they have. Um, and that has always been missing, which is why, you know, when, when we get players like Samon Godus or Ashkan Dejaga, when they are brought up in Europe, they, although technically they might be on the same level as the rest of the Iranian players, tactically and, and how... They play on the pitch and their intelligence is, is almost at a, at a different level. So what the Scottish has said is correct. The question becomes, should the manager of a national team come out and, and, and say those comments? I believe not. I think he should have been a little bit more diplomatic about his answer, whatever the question may have been. But then ultimately, Tarimi's response isn't professional either. We're talking <clears throat> excuse me, about the um, probably the best player on form at the moment for the Iranian national team, uh, you know, scoring the Champions League. Um, and again, he's shown his importance for um, for the team as well. So again, his comments were, were unnecessary. Now, as we, in terms of where we find ourselves, the way Scottish has handled it, I think I, I, I could see why he, he would omit um, Ptolemy from the squad. I think there is always a level of discipline that is required. Now, in terms of what that discipline then is and what action that, that could be, of course, depends on, on each situation and each circumstance. I think if the national team coaches and technical staff have repeatedly tried to get in touch with Tarimi and they've been unable to and Tarimi hasn't responded to them, again, if that is true, then I think the reaction that, that uh, has come from, from Scottish is right. What isn't correct is the assumption that now Tarimi is going to be um, left out from every single squad. That's not the case, as 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 you said, and as Bogheri, Karim Bogheri mentioned as well, it could just be that he's left out of this squad. 
um, and then through conversations with Scottish, he'll be back through the next ones. But then this is a big test for, for Scottish as well. He's made this decision. We've got two big uh, qualifiers coming up. Yes, the opposition might not be on the same level as, as South Korea per se, but again, we are losing uh, one player from the partnership that has arguably brought us to the stage that we're on at the moment where we are comfortably sitting at the top of the table. So it'll be interesting to see how um, he replaces um, Taremi on the pitch. And I think, as you mentioned, there's a good point to be made because some people would say that potentially, you know, you could bring in Taremi and put him on the bench. Would you guys agree with that, Bobak? Yeah, could have. But at the same time, I mean, the way Cena laid it out, I, I can't disagree with much about it. I'm a bit more uh, of the opinion that Scottish's comments were pretty okay and even if he's a national team manager I think he sort of presented Iranian football in a good way I think it was a very positive uh, comment so being more diplomatic might be disingenuous so I think there was no need for Tarami to even talk I, I don't know what, when it happened or if it was an Iranian media or uh, what got him to sort of like uh, make a comment on this, but it was very uh, amateurish, not professional. And if he did avoid the phone calls, then definitely it was justified. Skocic already had question marks over his credibility in the squad. We know that. Um, there are a lot of rumors. His results have sort of uh, overshadowed any of those doubts. And this step should, if Iran gets the results over the next two games, sort of put a little... Uh, line in the sand for the players in terms of respect and expectations with Scotchich. He might not be Carlos Quiros, so he might have to earn the, let's say, the respect or fear or whatever you want to call it. So I'm I'm sort of supporting the coach, but if, if it backfires and we don't take six points, then definitely he's going to be questioned. And like you say, Arya, yes, I think he could have called him up uh, and then left him on the bench and then could have been, but maybe he didn't want that atmosphere to overshadow the uh, preparations as well. Sure. Pejman, um, let's just say, for example, we don't get the results that are expected of Iran in these next two games. What is your your reaction to that? Um, I think we will need to find a, a, a victim, someone to blame, and it will probably be, be Scottish because uh, they're media the narrative that's around now is uh, in favor for for Mehdi because he's doing great in the national team and in the club team and you know he's, he's spoken uh, raised his voice for Iranian football that that's what kind of what the narrative is uh, so I, I think Scottish uh, this will be his first like hard test with Iranian media probably and uh, at this point, I think Karim Bagheri is probably the most important person in his life because uh, Bagheri got the respect of basically everyone, the federation, the players, and the media. So, so he maybe should uh, take a step forward and try to make this situation not as bad as it could be if Iran drops some points. And I believe that sooner or later, Iran will drop some points against these so-called weaker teams. And uh, one thing that's interesting is if Iran would play uh, South Korea, I don't think that this would be an issue. 
Iran is playing probably two of the weakest teams uh, in a group, even if uh, Lebanon have done great so far. But let's face it, Iran should beat them 99 out of 100 times. So uh, what if this would be against South Korea? I don't think this would happen then. I think Mehdi would, would have answered his, his uh, telephone and uh, the issue wouldn't have been, been in this big of a proportion that is at the moment. Look, there's no doubt about Tarami's ability. Nothing, nothing there about it. Tarami, if he's available, has to be part of the national team squad. The question that's come up is, is should he be in it based on what he's done, the reaction that he's given to Skocic's interview? In my opinion, um, he's, a re- he's reacted to the wrong quote. He's reacted to something he's read on Iranian media. No doubt about it. Because I don't think that uh, anyone would react that badly to what Scottish just said. He's, it's not, he's not said anything bad. We all agree on that. I think we, when we put the tweet out on, on Twitter, it was quite evident. Everyone was kind of like, yeah, it's not too bad what he said. And it actually is quite good, like you said, but like it's quite a positive quote overall. Secondly, Tarami's replied to it and he's given a bit of a snidey comment. He's given a little bit of a snidey comment and okay, he hasn't referenced Skocic uh, by words, but he has, hasn't he? You know, he, it's quite obvious that that's what he's referring to. Without putting words in his mouth, that is what he's referring to. So as a result, overall, I would agree that some kind of reprimand has to be given. Personally, if it was up to me as a coach, I would have still called him up. I would have tried to de- deal with it face to face. You know, yeah, he hasn't answered the phone. I understand that. I get it. It's, it's quite disrespectful. You have to answer the coach's phone. It has to happen, right? But I still would have called him up. I, I, that's just my personal opinion. And I feel, feel like they could have dealt with it better in private. Rather, rather than, as I was saying on our Twitter space a few days ago, rather than creating this, this ruckus around social media and around media in general, because he's already created it anyway by, by saying what he said, Instead of making it even bigger by not calling him up, at least put him in the squad and do it. Do it behind the scenes. Make it private. Don't have all this noise. You know, don't make us speak about it on Globalism podcast. Do you know what I'm saying? Because ultimately, it's created a, a really uh, it's created a question mark in the national team in a key phase in qualification. So it could have been dealt better, hundred percent, no doubt about it. It had to have been dealt better, and I hope that what Bargari has come out and said last night is true, that, you know, they will try and deal with it after the camp finishes and they will try to fix it. And he'll be called up again. And I think Sina was right in saying that I don't think it's a long-term thing. I think he'll be back in. And I think he'll be in the next squad for the January and February matches, hopefully. Okay, so moving on. The squad was called, as I said, I mentioned the squad. So the goalkeepers, I want to ask... um, Pejman first, the goalkeepers, obviously, very quickly. Uh, Bermanman, Niazman and Obazadeh. Everyone wants to be to start. They like they like him a lot. I like him a lot as well. What's your thoughts? Well, I, I haven't for a long time in his pod said that Abedzadeh should start if Beran Van doesn't play any more games. That's not the case anymore. He's actually playing games in Boavista and uh, doing quite well. Um, so I, I see no harm in letting Beran Van being the number one uh, in the national team. But I'm happy that there's a competition on, on that spot, which is usually uh, not always the case in, in teams and, and national level as well. So um, Amir is ready. I won't be worried if, if Beraman get, gets injured that uh, Amir wants to do a good job. But uh, Beraman 
is it would be the, would be the number one. Cena, I mean, we've not heard from you for a while, but I want to get your thoughts. A lot has changed now over the, over the last year with the goalkeepers. They've got they've all got their moves to Europe. You know, what's your thoughts on it now? Well, it's it's actually really easy at some point to to compare their career because you know when when Bedoman made the move to Europe, we all thought, okay, this is this is a challenge for him now. This could be the um, the move that that will really allow him to take the next step in his career and reach the next level. That's not been the case for for whatever reason. And and on the other side, you have Obezade who's had the opposite, where his career has just been on a upwards. Um, trajectory throughout the last last few years and and a lot of people criticize his move when he um, moved to Spain although the second division uh, but we've seen how amazing his performances have been he's become one of the key players um in in his team and, and probably the one of if not the best goalkeeper in in um, in the second division of, of Spanish football so I I think it is about time that obviously the gets the chance because let's be honest he has earned the right to to at least be given a um a try whereas Bayroman although as as Pejman said you know he may have been playing recently last last few games but if you're comparing you know the last two years for example there's not really much to go on now of course in in the grand scheme of things whether Bayroman plays others other plays or even Niazman technically based on the quality that we have and if, if the last few games are anything to go by neither of them are going to be um, really tested um, and let's hope that that will be the case but as I said I think Obizade starting is more of a reward for for the efforts and, and for the right decisions that he has made uh, because let's let's not forget you know he, this is a goalkeeper who was on the bench for Rohan at some point and he will be he was also the second or third choice goalkeeper for Paris Police before he made the move to Portugal. So he, he chose the hard way, and and he's as I said, he's he's earned the right to be to be spoken about in uh, for for this spot, and he's earned the right to be to be given a try as well. Yeah, I totally agree, Bobak. Um, thoughts on Niaz, man? Because look, yes, he's not playing regularly for Portimonense in, in Portugal, but w- what's going through his mind right now? I think he probably looks at his uh, colleagues in goal. Uh, he looks at Ovidzade for inspiration, like what Sina said. Uh, he will look at Veronvan, the fact that he had to buy this time last season as well before he got his chances. He'll probably be confident in himself and uh, hope that he gets his chance with the goalkeeper, maybe the first goalkeeper getting injured or him prove himself, proving himself in training. So I, 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 I don't think... He, he he has any let's call it realistic ambitions to be Iran number one in the short term. He, he knows that there is a strong, uh, obs- two strong obstacles in front of him. Uh, if I can add a little bit on Abidzadeh, I, I I agree with the guys, but at the same time, Beroman had been solid for Iran. There are no reasons for him to be let's say dropped. Um, and if you're going to give Abidzadeh a chance, a reward, then you do it in a home game against Lebanon or Syria. You don't do it in an away game. So I would not throw Abidzadeh in uh, in Lebanon. I know they're, they're probably not fans, but still I would not do it. That's just too too risky considering everything that you know. I mean, th- th- there's no justification for the coach to do that. There are too many... Uh, let's say too too many holes in the argument potentially, and I don't think we can afford that. So Veronvan right. should stay uh, in goal, and then Abedzadeh should get his chance, but probably not 
in such away games. Right. And moving on to the defenders, um, Majid Hosseini, Khalilzadeh, Kanani, and Yazdani, who's come in basically to replace Prali Ganji. But um, Baba, coming back to you again, when you speak about these players, you know, Khalilzadeh and Kanani have been the starting two for all of Scottish's matches, except that one where they played a back three with Prali Ganji in the middle. They've been there together as a duo the whole time. So my question to you is, does that need change? Is it is it good to keep the consistency or does a, a mix-up need to happen? I mean, we, we, we watched the game against UAE uh, and we saw that our defence was a bit all over the place. We're trying to play the high line at times and the, the, the coordination is pretty poor. I think from Scotch's side, he's thinking, I've got results in nine, ten games because of these two guys or, or uh, on the back of having these two guys. They know each other quite well. From, from the first place days. Um, I'm not a fan of the partnership, personally. I I don't mind Kanoni. Uh, I think Kanoni, even Carlos Kiros gave him some chances. I think he gets by, but I'm definitely not a fan of Khalil Zadeh, personally. And uh, he's a liability. Uh, I think Majid Hosseini being back in the fold is good. He's starting to play games after his injury and his stop-start, uh, let's say, season with Kayseri Spor. I'm not sure if he's going to get a start, but personally, I think that uh, Hosseini and Pural Ganji are our best two centre-backs. And uh, I, I, I don't think the centre-back pairing is going to take us too far when it comes to facing far better opposition. Yeah, and if I had to just, um, you know, blow the trumpet of Majid Hosseini a little bit, he did play against Fenerbahce this, this weekend. He was really, really good. So <laughs> if they do want to start him, I'm not going to be against it. Um, Pejman, overall, overall, the back four, let's just go to it again. All the other players we have are Moharami, Mirad, Mirad Mohammadi, Omid Nur Afghan, and Saleh Ardani. Overall, the back four, what do you want to see from them in these next two games? Do you, do, are you expecting clean sheets? Uh, yes, I'm expecting clean sheets. <clears throat> Maybe a... Uh given penalty by like a reckless Khalil Zadeh or Kanani. Uh, but uh, I think I want to, to have Moharami and uh, Muhammadi at each, uh, in, the, in the right and left. Because I think uh, we need to expect Iran to be the team that goes forward, that wants to attack both from the middle and from both sides. And in my opinion, those two are the best. I believe Nur Afghan is maybe better in the defense than Mohammadi, and uh, he he can help in the midfield as well. While uh, while Moharami is a more complete kind of player that can both do well in the defense and the offense, and he's been getting a lot of playing time in Dinamo Zagreb after his injury, so I don't see why he shouldn't start. To be honest. But on the left side, uh, Mohammadi. I just hope that Ehsan Hoysari doesn't start there. I mean, now that he's actually yeah. well, there's getting also, some minutes in, in Greece. There's also Vaidami, who can play left-back as well. Uh, who's played? I think he played there, actually, in, in the South Korea game. So Yeah, I, I, I don't believe that will happen. He's not playing at left-back. No, he's playing I, midfield. Yeah, yeah exactly. Midfield. And, and Mohammadi started the last game yes. uh, at the weekend as well at left-back. He was the only one of the three Iranian players they're starting so hopefully yep. they stick to their positions like Pejman says Sina um, coming on to that as well the fullbacks a couple of players that you just mentioned Marami 
um, Saleh Ardani, uh, Milad Mahmoud, young young players, players with a lot of lot of talent, you know, a lot of ability. What what what's the long term plan for these two, for these guys? Well, I mean, from from those fullbacks that you just read, it's only Saleh Ardani who probably you could say has a has a long term future. Um, the rest are all. I mean, Saleh Maharami as well as we know, you know, he's he's probably the the number one right back at the moment, not being challenged, but on the left hand side, Nur Afghan again, is he a left back? Is he a midfielder? He's played almost every every position. Um he did play really well in the last couple of games for, for the national team whenever he's come on. And I think he started one of the games as well. I just can't remember uh, which which game it was. Um but the good thing with Nur Afghan is like I said, he can he's versatile. He can he can fill in any position. And <laughs> He probably is a long-term replacement for Hartsafi more than more than anyone else. In the fact that when wherever he's needed, he can uh, he can do a good job, and and that's probably why Hartsafi has stayed into the team and ha- why he moved to the national team set up so early. He made his debut, I think, when he was seventeen, and has been there um, ever since. So that versatility can 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 help Nur Afghan. Um, and again, with Hardoni as well, what we've seen so far has been has been excellent at at club level. Um, but of course, he's got a very fierce challenge ahead of him to to be able to um get ahead, get ahead ahead of Muharrami who again I think even even on the, the days of um Rezaian and, and Khafuri we were adamant that Muharrami should be involved. Um if there were doubts now there is no question that um that he's the number one right back. For sure and on, on Hardani I think he's a, a really again a top 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 talent and hopefully hopefully eventually we can if you know he hasn't he has to play he, he gets the bit we get the best out of him because we don't want a guy just to be in the squad just to make numbers up you know we want to be able to actually play these guys when they need to play um Peshman, i'll come to you about the midfielders in your opinion midfield three or midfield two three probably i i don't know because as i said before uh the teams are, are about to change tactics during the games and they should be able to 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 manage that. No matter what, I think whoever plays with Said Ezotale, as long as he plays, uh, the players next to him um, will, will benefit from that. Uh, so with Said, at least two. Without Said, we need three. That's what I would say. I would agree. Sina, when you were speaking about Said, he's a great, fantastic player. And even in the South Korea game, I don't know if you remember, he, he had that little moment where he, he, he went past two or three players, you know, a bit of injection of speed and got the shot away, hit the post. He can do that, but it's not something he's going to be able to do long term. What what does he need around him? Does he need a, a Vaidami to play next to him all the time? Could we potentially play a Samongodus in a midfield three with him? What is the what 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 could we do? So with Said. Again, as as we've seen him over the years, his best position is is number six, the you know the holding midfielder. But one thing I just wanted to go back to is what Bob said earlier on when we were talking about the back four, and and he mentioned that the the defense has been all over the place in the, in the last game and probably the last couple of games as well, and that's because of um, Scotia's insistence to play a midfield two consisting of Ezatolai. Now. In order for that back four to be protected, in order for the defenders to be able to um, to not be exposed as often as, as they have, we need Saeed to be in his best position and we need a midfield three. That's my opinion. And I think Ptolemy's absence allows him that opportunity to, to play with the midfield three, which I think should include uh, Otus as well. 
Now, again, central midfield, probably not Bodus's best position, but a player of his quality will be able to contribute regardless of whether he's playing number 10 on the wing or central midfield. So I think Ezzetaloy should be num- should be playing the holding midfielder role and, and Odus most definitely should be starting the game. Um, again, if, if there was question marks over his, his club form and, and the lack of games, he's shown that in the last couple of weeks. I think he's had a goal and an assist in the, in the last two games. Um, so he should, he should definitely be a starter. And we said, as we said, he's him playing the holding midfield. Should. Wouldn't you say, for me, Said was if not the best player in the top two of the last two games, at the very least. Yeah. So you're suggesting that it's we were exposed partly because of Said, or the not fact because that of, Said didn't have, uh, let's call it, uh, the right foil in midfield. It's not. It's not necessarily Said. So let's take Said out of it. So let's let's talk about the actual positions that they were playing. I think a lack of a holding midfielder um, constantly creates this hole in front of the back four in which then the central defenders, due to miscommunication and other factors, are constantly being brought out of position. Now, having a holding midfielder will partly solve that. Of course, it's it's about how you use a holding midfielder, but that position itself could be the answer to making the defence a little bit more solid where they don't get exposed. Now, when when we talk about the holding midfielder, the best holding midfielder we've got and again, without a shadow of a doubt, is Said. But I, I agree, he has been Iran's best player in the last couple of games. But him playing number six again doesn't doesn't necessarily mean that 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 wasn't the case. It's more that him playing there will will bring a lot more to the to the defensive side and allows other players such as Odus to be able to get in the game. Whereas obviously the last few games that's not been the case. It allows Odus to be able to play. And um, again, I'm, I'm sure he can find a way to be able to fit all our attacking talents on the pitch with playing three in the middle. I personally think that Odus can play in that midfield three, number eight, if, if you like. There was a, a very good um, analysis video uh, made by Bees Tactical on, on Twitter. We actually shared it if you want to go and check it out. It's a, it's a very good video and it shows the kind of qualities that he has that maybe you don't see from him all the time because he plays in such advanced roles most of the time in his career. He plays a winger or an attacking midfielder or a second striker. You don't see it, but he, he has the ability to come deep and control play. And against Asian opponents, frankly, I don't think he, he's going to have any issues. You know, I, don't, I really don't think he's going to have any issues. And I think he can, he can definitely keep up with the pace of the game. No doubt about it. He's playing in the Premier League. You need to be fit, you know. So I don't think there's an issue or a question mark on that, on all the fitness or the speed of the play. He can do, he can do all that. And you look at someone like Ahmad Nurullahi. As much as he runs and he, he does put all his effort into the game, the question I always have is how much quality is he actually providing with those runs and, and that energy? Is he actually doing any any favors for the team, or is he just doing it for the sake of doing it? You know, because that all that's all he knows. You know, so. I think ultimately someone has to be in there regardless if you're going to have an Ahmad Nurullahi or, or a Vaid Amiri in there. Can I just say as well, going back to Said, Said is probably the only player, maybe Vahid Amiri being, being the next in line, who when he's on the pitch, he has the ability to make his teammates look good. Now, when you combine that with the role that is actually made to bring the best out of the rest of the team, which is a number six, you've got a match made in heaven. 
And I think there's not a, not a lot of teams in Asia who can boast that quality of a player to be able to play that position, which is a very difficult position to play. It requires a lot of intelligence, whether it's on the ball and off the ball. And we we have that with Azatoli. And I think it should be something that we uh, we use a lot more as Azatoli's absence would give him the opportunity to to uh, to do that. Bobak? Yeah, I think uh, Saeed is the most important player in Scottish's system. Over the last couple of games, and maybe more, he stood out, like Sina said. Um, he's made everyone else look good. He's All the good moves for Iran went through him. He controlled the tempo. He was very calm. Um, I think he is probably playing the best he's ever played for us at the national team. Yeah. Um, for me, he would be the first name on the team sheet. Indispensable. Uh, which makes it a difficult uh, situation with Saman. <clears throat> I can't see, uh, I think for, for Skocic, personally, I think it's Saman or Saeed to a degree. He sees Saman in a similar role, playmaker, uh, controlling tempo, etc. This would be a good opportunity without Tarami to fit in Saman, because otherwise, where would you play Saman? Definitely not in the midfield too with Saeed. That would mean an advanced role behind the strikers in a three or on wide instead of maybe Jahan Bakhsh or Qolizadeh, uh, if possible. So it, it limits someone's opportunities, to how, how important Saeed is to us and how well he's been playing. It sort of limits him, and I, but I agree with Sina. Uh, Skocic has to find a way to include someone in the team because he is probably one of the most talented and, and yeah. intelligent players in, uh, in the team. And we don't want to lose that out because someone is versatile. I don't think uh, it's it's someone and Saeed personally. For me, it wouldn't be. It would be how to get someone and Saeed to play together while maintaining Mehdi Tarami and Sardar Osmoon in the team. Yeah, for sure. Um, page one, interesting one. Um, Surush Rafi is in the squad. How did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> they no, no, how how'd that happen? Like, players? How, did, how did he get in the squad? I, I don't get it. I mean, he scored an overhead kick last week. I mean, that could be the reason why. But, like, I'm if I'm being perfectly honest, like, um, I'm saying this with a, with a lot of... Um, like, I do watch some of the matches for Sepon. I don't understand why he's in the squad. I don't get it. Like, as far as I'm concerned... You already have a Yasin Salmani there, and you already have a Salman Kodus, and you potentially also have an Ali Khwarezadeh who can play as an attacking midfielder. And he's been doing that for Charleroi. Why have you brought... I don't get why Suresh Rafi is there. Because last last camp, he called 26 players, and this camp, he's put 27 players. So, in my opinion, numerically, Rafi is just another player there for no reason. Like, it's a bit weird. I don't know if you agree. But Suresh have been on and off the national team, never been a, like a starter, like hardly. Uh, but he's been like in a couple of camps. So um, I think uh, maybe Bogri and other players, they know of his qualities. They know what they can expect from him. And he's got a decent run in Sepahan lately. Uh, so I think it's the overall judgment and just not, not just like the, the last four or five games, but uh, I don't think, I think he's mostly there for, for training, you know, uh, being in the second team when 
the first team was probably Nurulahi and uh, <clears throat> even yeah, uh, Nurulahi Saeed and Jahan Bakhsh and all these other players. And he, he's in the opponent team. Yeah, and I, I want to quickly touch on this. Yossin Salmani, he's been part of the U23 squad. He, he was probably one of the best, probably the best player in, in that team. He was a captain. And within a couple of weeks, he's now in the national team squad again. I mean, for me, for me, there's no doubt about it. He's a he's an unbelievable talent, and hundred percent. Like we want to see more players like him come in, and I think if we can if we can get a player like Yasin Sanmani playing regularly for the national team, he's only nineteen years old. It's a bit early, but over a period of time, once we get a player like him acclimatized with the squad, acclimatized with the lineup, and actually playing matches. We have a, a real player in our hands, you know. So, you know, keep keep an eye on eye, eye on Yossin. I think he can be a potentially really really good player for us in the future. Um, but moving on to the forwards, last but not least, um, obviously a lot of forwards called up. We've got the likes of Koyadi, Torabi can play as, as a winger. We've got Jahan Bash, Polizadeh, Sadar Osmoon, Karim Ansarjvard, and obviously back in the squad, Alayar Sayad Manish, along with Kavir uh, in my opinion, in my opinion, there's a there's a player there who should probably be there, but he's not, and that's Shab Zahedi, who's doing unbelievable things right now in Zoria Luansk. Um, Pejmon, thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we, we discussed this uh, uh, before and earlier. Um, he's doing good, but uh, at the moment, I mean, he's like probably number number five or six. To, to getting a starting place. Now, uh, let's say that Tarmi would actually be in the squad. So, and he, and he's a he's a striker. So this would be Osmoon and Tarmi. They're number one and two. Karim, I'm sorry, Fad, is probably number three. Uh, number four would probably be Oidi, in my opinion, mm-hmm. or maybe even Kaveh Rezai. They are like number four and five. So he would be like number six in the list. And then I would prefer to have Aloyor Sayad Manesh instead of him because uh, he's more of a prospect and has a more of a future in the national team than Shahab. Shahab is, is just simply not good enough to compete with those players. And I'm even talking about Kaver Zoya, although he's like have a really tough time at the moment and like he's under the ice. Uh, we know what we can expect from him, but... But uh, uh, look at him. He he doesn't get any playing time in the national team. So uh, I prefer those players that I mentioned before Shahab. Well, you know, you cannot deny he's been in unbelievable form. And there's been, you know, little murmurs here and there that he could potentially be picked up by the Ukrainian national team. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, Babak, um, who, who is the guy who replaced Harami then? Depends on the system. Uh, he could he could go four two three one, add someone in behind uh, Azmoun, and then play two wide, Jahan Bakhsh and Kolizadeh, so he doesn't have to replace him with a striker. If he wants to go sort of like for like, maybe he goes with uh, uh, Kavel on paper could fit that, but I think Karim would be ahead of him in the pecking order. So Karim and uh, Sadar, but it's I don't know. I, don't see that clicking. I would love to see Sayed Manesh get a chance, to be honest with you. Could be a good opportunity to reward him for all the 
let's say, impressive performances he's had this season. So it's it's, it's really tough to guess. Uh, depends if he wants to go with two strikers or one. But uh, my money will be Karim Ansari Fahad and staying with the similar system that he's had before. Sina, what do you make of that? Would you like to see maybe as someone playing in behind an Azmoun, um, maybe having Quarez Adin Jan Bakshat wide? I would always like to see someone. So, uh, and, and even putting that aside, I, I, I always prefer a team that plays with three in the middle. And I think we have the tools to be able to, to do that. We have the players to be able to, uh, to play in midfield three, whether that be 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1. Either way, I think, as I said, Tarami not being in the squad gives Scottish an opportunity to maybe try something different. Um, it's not too risky to play 4-2-3-1 um, or, or, as I said, you know, even 4-3-3. It's it's a it's a system that these players have played previously on the on the Carlos Kirosh and and um, they are familiar with it and like I said it it gives him some food for thought as well going forward uh, you know if there is a change in system required for whatever reason during any game he can always rely on it so I think this this could be an opportunity um, as um, Bobak said I would love to see Alvarez Sayed Manish get get some minutes as well he's been on. Amazing form with Shahab Zahedi, as, as you mentioned, Ario. And I agree with you. I think there are there are certain scenarios where a player may not be good enough to be a starter. Because Pejman is also right. You know, he's not going to be a player that will start for Iran when everyone's fit. But because of the form that he's in, it is worth inviting him to the squad. Just as I said, almost like a reward. Because they these players go to go abroad, go to, go to Europe for the chance to play for the national team. And and when they when those decisions they execute it so well they they deserve a chance. Now I have a feeling that with Shahab Zahedi his past might be a little bit of a problem considering that he's got doping um, history, um, which again from back back in his time in Iran I think when he was with Paris Police at the time. Um, so I wonder if if that could that or that has impacted the decisions not to not to invite him. But going back to the original question, midfield three, one hundred percent, and on one one striker up front. Yeah, I would agree. I think I would love to see a Sardar getting the the service in the midfield from someone. I think those two can combine very well. Um, we saw a glimpse of it actually in the Iran Vietnam game of the Asian Cup, where, where someone was kind of playing in, in and around uh, Sardar, and, and they actually got an assist for him as well. Um, or was it for Tarami? I think it was an assist for Tarami, but they, they played really well. But overall, we we want to see that. I think we want to see a someone in that play, in that, in that in that hole. And as we as we've interviewed Boris uh, recently. You know, a player who's in unbelievable form, whereas they could really be damaging against a team like Lebanon. You know, who you know, I don't think are going to be fantastic defensively. Um, and then even Ametik Ayadi, you know, maybe we see that guy who everyone's been raving about for for a long, long time. Um, obviously, made a disappointing choice to go to Emirates and play his football there rather than going to Europe. But he's still a very good player, and we still want to see him play. So yes, you may maybe maybe see him, but I think Sayad Manesh, if you're gonna bring a sub on, is the guy. You know, he's been unbelievable. Um I'm watching his games in the conference league and he's running past players as if not even there. The, the speed, this the speed this kid has is unbelievable. You know, and 
that that comes from you know real real hard work he's not, he's a hard working young man so we expect to see him in the national team more and more i don't want to just see him in the squad because he's replacing Tyrone me i think he should be there regardless in my opinion he should be there instead of torabi you know because he's playing as a winger for 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 zoria so if if torabi is playing as a winger for press police why can't you just bring in a guy who's playing really well in, in Europe over him? Because why is he in the squad? You know, I'm not I'm not trying to say he shouldn't be in the squad ever, Torabi, but recently his form for press police hasn't been very good. So, you know, maybe you could have brought Sadmanish in as a winger and then you could have brought in as a head, you know. So there's always ways you can shuffle around. Next up, we're gonna have a little discussion with Ali Zinedine from Lebanon Football Guide. How are you doing, my friend? Hello, glad to be here again. Glad to have you back on uh, the podcast. We had you on for the episode covering the group, uh, analyzing the group, Group A. Of course, now we're going to play against Lebanon on Thursday. Uh, Can you give us a little bit of the squad that's going to face Iran on Thursday? Basically, I'll just uh, highlighting the Lebanese football and Lebanese national team, especially in this time when we are making some good, good results in the World Cup qualifications. So, there is a big audience and a lot of people just uh, want to cheer the national team, want to be there. Uh, unfortunately, we're not going to be inside the stadium because of security reasons. But anyway, and we, we cannot watch the game on TV also, but we're going to watch it on uh, YouTube or any streaming live on the internet. But I believe like millions of Lebanese people are, are now cheering for the national team and supporting it. Now, uh, we've made some good results. We have a good squad, except that we are missing uh, our captain and uh, top goal scorer, Hassan Matouk, uh, who scored uh, 21 goals for Lebanon. So that will be a big hit for us. But I believe uh, coach Ivan Hashek uh, will find uh, good players to play against Iran. Maybe the same tactics we played against uh, Korea, Sony Saad as uh, a tactical player, more like uh, defensive and not offensive. And we also have uh, Basil Girardi, who is making a great, uh, actually, playing uh, abroad. And we also have uh, many players playing abroad, like Hadi Handur, who is playing in England, uh, Omar Bugel, too, Rabia Ataya in Malaysia. Malaysia. Uh, we have Nader Matar and Alexander Meki in Qatar, Felix Melki in Suede, Sweden, and also Mohamed Haini. So we have a lot of players, Juan Omri, of course, in Japan. We have a lot of players playing abroad, and uh, basically they are the best players. They are the players uh, who Coach Evan Hashek are counting on them. And obviously, as you mentioned, you do have a couple of players missing. How, how do you expect uh, Lebanon to potentially line up and... Um, uh, what do you expect from the from the match? I guess the same lab lineup against uh, South Korea. Mustafa Matar as a goalkeeper, who made some very great uh, appearances. He wasn't. He is not actually our first goalkeeper. Our first keeper is Mahdi Khalil, who have a big injury. <clears throat> so we'll have him maybe the next year. But uh, Matar proved himself. We have Juan Omari and Alexander Murky as centre backs. Maybe we'll play. With three centre backs, I don't know because uh, this is the first time even Hajik has uh, called five players who play as centre backs 
uh, we have Kasim who is who is a center back, but he's playing as a left back, and Abbas Asi, who is a midfielder, but but playing uh, as a right back this is the first time he's playing as a right back with the national team and he also made some good appearances uh Felix Milky of course and Mohamed Haini as center backs because they are very good defensively and Felix Milky can play uh, offensively also great bodies and uh, like I believe they can be good against uh, Iranian players since they also have this uh, big personality and uh, big strength in, in, uh, in the field. Basil Girardi, of course, that's number one right now in Lebanon. Then we have Hamad Duh, who scored two goals against uh, Syria. He's also one of the top goal scorers in the Lebanese league. He played in Iraq, he played in Bangladesh, in Saudi Arabia also, so we are counting on him. And then we have uh, Rabi Ataya, who is uh, like the key player, uh, as, the, as the coach mentioned before, but he won't start. He's the kind of player who can play like 30 minutes as a pick, you know, like he can be very useful uh, in the last 30 minutes. Of course, that's if we are drawing against, against Iran. Uh, now, if we can make good result against Iran, I believe we can after uh, those four games. So we've said that in the previous episode, like, it's a huge surprise for us, and I believe a huge surprise for everyone in the group, and maybe in, even in the second group, that we are now in third place uh, after four matches, all away games. We have five points. Uh, even the loss against uh, South Korea was only by one goal, and we played good. I don't believe there is a, a huge difference between the team now with Evan Hashik and Jamal Taha, the previous coach. But... Uh, like it's better, uh, especially that he didn't have a lot of time to like give his tactics to, to the players and didn't have a lot of changes. But it's better right now. We believe in him more, and the players I believe that uh, they also believe that they can make good results. It's our best performance in the work and World Cup qualifications, uh, and it's also the second time. We reached, we reached the, the third round. We only got five points in 2014. That's from eight matches. Now only four matches and five points. We still have six matches and five consecutive matches outside the stadium. So I don't know. We we think we can make a good result against Iran, especially that uh, Mehdi Tarmi is not playing. So yeah, we'll wait and see. What's your prediction for the match? Predictions? I believe, like, a, I don't know, a nil match, or maybe a win by one goal for Iran, but that's my predictions. Now, I wish a win, of course. I believe it's very hard because Iran are the better team, of course, in the group. Uh, I'm wishing for a win, of course, but I believe we can get a, a, like a draw. A one point would be great for us because we need to win against the, the Arabic teams more than Iran and South Korea. Because if we win three games against UAE, Iraq and Syria, I believe we can make it at least in the third place. So we'll have a good chance to qualify. Thank you so much, Ali. I really appreciate your time. Uh, make sure you follow uh, Lebanon Football Guide on, on all platforms. And uh, yeah. Thanks again. Thank you, mate, and good luck for both teams. Okay, back 
from this um, interview with Ali Zainedin. Appreciate his time. Going to go go on to a little preview of Iran against Lebanon again, played uh, on Thursday, the stadium which is called Saida Football Stadium. Guys, uh, I want to just ask you individually your thoughts on how we should actually line up overall. Go with uh, Sina. Like I said, I think when it comes to the to uh, the actual formation, I would probably go with a a four two three one or, or any variation of a, of a midfield three. Um, I think the back four, including the goalkeeper, kind of writes itself. If the past few games are anything to go by, um, with yeah, Milad Mohamed at yeah, left back and Kanonio should join the middle, Muharami on the right and Bayron on the goal. With midfield three, I'd, I'd love to see Ezatullah back in the position that he um, kind of he, he his favorite position almost you know, number six um, with Odus and uh, probably Nurullahi in front of him. Um, and again, the front three again pretty much write themselves in terms of Jahan Bash, Osmun. That is probably our strongest lineup with that formation. But again, whether he would want to play the strongest lineup, considering we have probably a tough game against Syria coming up a few days later. Again, that's that's something we're going to find out. But I think if he wants to play the strongest team for this game, I would say that probably is it. Any objections? Any objections? No, Pejman. Um. No, I would probably let uh, John Bash rest. And uh, I believe he had an injury, injured a bit this week, so maybe he will he will rest. I don't know. Yeah, he's been doing quite well for national team though. But um, yeah, of course he has. I will probably let him rest, and I would love. I'm going to say something controversial. I'm going to say something controversial. Are you going to say that Osmond should rest? Because I think that (laughs) should be done. No, we can't afford that. But I I will say that John Bach. He's got the, uh, the final product in the last few games, no question. He's been at the end of all the important chances and he's put them away. But performance-wise, would you say he's been really good? I think no, you can't drop him. You I can't drop him because of the output, which he never had before. We used to complain about it. He's got it now. But performance-wise... I would honestly have my doubt over his performances. If if we are talking about the performance alone, like you said, you know, if we discard of the of the outputs and the final product, when have his performances been up to scratch? Forty million, even on the Kairos. That's true. That's that's also true. But he's almost undroppable because of the output. It's like a golden charm. But like Pejman said, it's an opportunity if he's not fully fit and he's coming back from injury to try someone else because I, it's just not clicking. Even at Feyenoord, it's not really clicked yet while the players around him are really scoring and assisting. But for him, it's still not really fell into place, whether it's he needs more games or it's the, the rust from all these years at Brighton on the bench yeah. or if it's confidence, I don't know, but he, he's still not gotten into full gear. I think he can though. That's the, I think he's, he, he can, but he doesn't do it. You know what I mean? There's always a little thing with him where he tries to play the simple pass too much and he does the, the easy things. And then yes, he has those moments where he scores goals, but within a match, how many times does he play the backward pass, the simple sideway pass that you want him to, you, you, you expect not to do that, but he still does it, you know? So it's, it, I think it's a mental thing for him, you know? But yeah, I, I want to ask you guys regarding what are the keys to victory? 
um, Baba, uh, Pejman, when you're when you're looking at this game, Lebanon, you know, ultimately they don't really have much. They're they're also missing their their their, their top striker through injury. Do you think we could easily go and score three or four goals? Uh, it's never easy uh, when you ha- you're playing against this competition, even if uh, Lebanon is new for in in this late stage of the World Cup qualifiers. They show that uh, they are a hard team to play against. So I don't think Iran should, and I think they would uh, take it easily. But then again, I think for the Iranian players' mentality and like getting to to find the rhythm, I want to. I, I, I'm hoping for early early goal, as I always do, because I think then the players can relax a bit more and they can be they can play the 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 way they actually play. But I think they will, I don't think they will rush into anything. So can they score three or four goals? Of course. But will they do that? Probably not. Like um, maybe now even less than the Ptolemy is away. But uh, it, it's hard. But I, I think they, they shouldn't underestimate uh, Lebanon at all. And they should be playing like they're playing for getting to the World Cup. Even yeah. if it's against South Korea or anyone else, it shouldn't matter. See, no? Let's not forget that um, Carlos Gerrish came closest to being sacked from Iran when, when Iran lost to Lebanon. <clears throat> Excuse me, when, when they played in Beirut, Iran lost 1-0. Um, I remember that a few years ago. There was, there was a lot of controversy after the game in terms of Gerrish needing, needing to be sacked. So um, I'm, I'm interested to see how we do. Um, I think that, uh, and I know it's probably feels like a simple answer, but but focus and concentration in these kind of games are ex- of, of extreme importance more than usual. Because you know when you play against South Korea, you're already motivated, you're already focused because you understand the the quality that the opposition um, has. In this case, of course, Lebanon do pose a threat. But if that threat, become, you know, ultimately turns into goals, it'll be because of our lack of focus and concentration, and not and, and kind of underestimating Lebanon, which we shouldn't do. Um, as Pejman said, can we score three or four? Yes, one hundred percent, we can, regardless of what of the team we play, in terms of the formation or the individuals, the quality we have in the squad, we can score three or f- uh, three or four. Whether we will or not is a, is a different question. And again, let's not forget, I think one thing that you mentioned right at the start, Arya, is the fact that they're not playing in Beirut, which I assume is going to be a substandard stadium with a terrible pitch, which doesn't work in our favour if we're going to play with the ball a lot on, on, on the ground. So that's going to be a factor. I'm sure we will win, uh, but whether we can score three or four, um, I hope we can, but I'm not so sure. Bye-bye. I don't see it the same way as the guys. <clears throat> I think uh, Lebanon's defense has been good. They've only conceded more than once against Syria when they were already 3-1 up. Korea beat them 1-0 in Seoul. They drew against Iraq, dominating them, keeping them down to one shot. And they drew against UAE. And we saw how much trouble UAE gave Iran. We were lucky to escape there, to be honest with you. So I think it's going to be tight. Three or four, I mean... Yeah, anything is possible, but there's nothing that suggests we will score three or four. It's going to be tight. We need to score an early first goal, like the guy said, because it'll take the pressure off us. 
the longer it stays even, it's going to be nerve wracking, I think. So most important thing, take the three points. That's it. However we do it. So, and to be honest, a draw is not the end of the world, considering they're the closest team to Iran and South Korea. So drawing against them, probably not a disaster, especially if we pick up the three points against Syria. Of course, I'm talking mathematics now, but in football fundamentals, we need to take six points. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I would agree with Bobak. I think we can't underestimate Lebanon. They are, although on paper, not the strongest side, they have actually been been playing quite well. And I think there's a, a case to be made that, you know, away from home, you know, anything can happen. So, yes, there's no fans in the stadium, but you never know. You know, as Sina said, the, the, the state of the pitch, you can never tell with these with these countries, you know. So we need to be... Um, we need to be really good, I think, to beat to beat Lebanon. I, I don't think it's going to be an easy game, and I think uh, it all comes down to how many chances we can create early on in the game. If we can create a lot of chances early on, I think it's it'll set a tempo that I don't know if Lebanon can reach. However, if we come in the game very timid and un- underestimating and being complacent, I think it can can be quite bad uh, overall. So let's see how it goes. Uh, predictions, guys. I will go with two now. Bejman? 6-0, Iran. That's not a prediction. That's a wish. <laughs> That's a wish. You're blowing candles no, out, Bejman. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Bejman, who gets the hat trick? Uh, it will be six different goal scorers. Two of Love them it. will be subs. I think Rafi will score about three goals, won't he? From three set pieces. <laughs> Boba? Uh, in in Interest of tradition, I'm going with a 1-1 draw. Wow, wow, wow. No, I think um, I think we'll win the game. I think Osmond has the capabilities to cause a lot of issues in, in the final third, I think, if, if they create chances for him. I actually think a little bit, maybe I'm a bit wary of saying this, but a little bit of blessing in disguise about Tyree not playing this game because we need a little bit more. I think we need to build that numerical advantage in the midfield. You know, a bit of overload. And I think, I think if we do that, if Scotia does do that, brings another another player, like someone goes in there, I think we can cause him a lot of issues. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, can I just say, if yeah. you've been listening to this podcast from the very early days, you mm-hmm. should you would know that when Bobak goes for a 1-1, that shows his optimism more than anything else. Yeah. He just doesn't want to jinx <laughs> I yeah. was just going yeah. <laughs> to comment that like, that's good. oh, that's, that's the Bobak I know. That's the Bobak I miss. Blast from the past. Yeah, right. Okay, a <laughs> couple of fan questions. Just try to give us some yes or no answers, lads. So the first uh, question comes from at PCAP for Life 10 on Twitter. Should we give Yasin Salmani a chance? Sub, yeah. yes. Sub? No no, no, no minutes since, you know? No, I, I think if the opportunity is there, if, if we're there and, and we've almost wrapped up the game last 10, 15 minutes, why not? Why not? Uh, okay, next question comes from Conscious Flesh. Uh, they're asking, considering that we have no friendlies coming up and five subs available, um, should we start our backup players against Lebanon? Bye-bye. 
Same can, question almost, but can, can you ask that again? Should, uh, no, then I thought I heard that, but it didn't make yeah. sense to me. No, absolutely no. not. We can't afford that. <laughs> okay. uh, maybe one or two changes here and there, but not backup. And uh, from what I'm reading, it sounds like potentially a midfield three with Amiri in, which we never, who we never really spoke about, but that yeah. makes perfect sense when you look at Skocic and Carlos Kiros' yeah. history of three in the middle. Last one, last one uh, is Mehdi Qadi. Should he play? Asking, uh, asked from at Nikon WS. Yeah, yes. yeah, I think he should play. I think he should play uh, at some point in the game. He should be one of the first substitutes, to be honest, especially if things aren't going our way. Should be the first player they should be considered to bring on. Yeah, I think against Asian opponents, I think you can cause a lot of damage. You know, I think. Um, he has that kind of experience so I think he can do that hopefully uh, on Thursday guys I appreciate everyone's time uh, thanks again to Ali Zinedine from Liverpool Football Guide for, for his time as well don't forget we'll have an article before the game on our website globaltimepodcast.com we'll also do live spaces on Twitter before and after kickoff on Thursday again kickoff is at 2pm local time in Lebanon so you can obviously adjust it to your own time zone stay tuned and follow us on all social media and podcast platforms uh, Spotify, YouTube, iTunes Google Podcasts, wherever you get your, 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 your podcast and also Twitter, Instagram Facebook to follow us and yeah, thanks again guys Pleasure. Cheers guys, thank you Hello everyone, my name is Saida Zatoley and you're listening to the Golbezan Podcast.